long and prosperous. I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. What a saving. Not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My whole Kermit frog here. Bow ties are cool. So say we all. Bow ties are cool. This yeah. It's a, a play on nerds. Welcome, everybody, to episode 98 of A Play on Nerd. My soundboard is too far away. (laughs) (laughs) Or you need longer arms. I do need longer arms. (laughs) So this episode, we're going to be reviewing later on Muppets from Space. That's right. In our continuing back and forth segments of reviewing every Star Trek film to cover Jarman's love and interest in Star Trek films. And all things Star Trek. And us covering every Muppet film due to my obsession with Muppets. We are now on a Muppet film, and that is the gem Muppets, Muppets from Space, Space from 1999. Uh, this is going to be a good one, folks. It is. Uh. <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to since our last episode? It was only like five days ago or something, right? I feel like it was yeah. pretty good. No, I mean, it was longer than that, but like, like we're, we're getting back on it. We're going to treat our fans. That's right. Uh, so nothing much. I had Dungeons & Dragons on, on Sunday. It's good because, you know, the group's really clicking. Nice. Like we're, you know, we're, we're sort of the group we've always meant to be. But in like a month's time, it's going to all fall apart and get screwed up because uh, our our barbarian, Wotan, uh, is having his second son. Oh, no. Uh, and then our new guy, Danny, is having his second kid like three weeks later. Jeez. It's going to ruin the and group. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to. And then one of our other players is a contractor whose contract is up in like around the same time like it's gonna the whole thing's gonna fall apart it's gonna be so sad oh, no. i'm so bummed to watch it happen well, hopefully you take like the one other guy who's still left and like find new players maybe maybe and who knows how long danny and wotan will need to be out is one of them the dm no no well that's i'm still there hopeful but it'd just be me and the druid <laughs> just going on adventures just you and the druid yeah it's a little dwarf Ninja rogue who hides a lot and a, and a druid who turns into bear an awful lot. That seems like a great pairing. And of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my cat has decided to wait just until the moment I push record on the <laughs> podcast to start scratching at the door. And I can't let the cat in because there's glass on the floor that I haven't cleaned up yet because the cat knocked over a framed picture with glass and there's glass all over the floor. So I can't. <laughs> Live show. Live show. So you might hear scratching at the door. That is my cat who is being very obnoxious right now. Hi, Bones. <laughs> Fucking cat. Uh, so what have you been up to? Oh, by the way, uh, I'm Jarman and that's Steve. Uh, we didn't say oh, that Oh, yeah. Earlier. We're the we're the co-hosts here to co-host the mo-host out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. This live recorded show. Anything can happen. Crazy talk. Uh, so well, I last week, uh, I did go to a bachelor party in St. Augustine for my friend. Oh, that's right. Uh, St. Augustine, for those who don't know, mentioned last time, is basically like a historic town in Florida. It's like one of the oldest uh, cities, or not cities, but towns in Florida. It has yeah. a big big fort there. A lot of battles were fought between the Spanish and others in Florida. <laughs> others. <laughs> I think the French, maybe. Uh, <laughs> all those tours, and I don't remember shit. German the scholar. <laughs> so we had dinner, went on a ghost tour. And I used to love ghost tours. A ghost tour? Where, where, where was this ghost tour? In St. Augustine. 
But like, where was it a historic house or what were you? Oh, so they tore around the whole city because it's not very big. Uh, so you can like basically walk around most of downtown area in one like one hour, one or two hours. Um, and I used to love ghost tours in every city because it gives you a little bit of the hist- real history and then some funny, fun legends and stories on top of it that are kind of neat. Um, but generally, it's, it's a good storyteller. They tell you about the town. You learn something, but you also have a good time and get a little spooked out from places that are creepy and stuff. But right. the last three ghost tours I've been on have been utter shit. Or as I say across <laughs> the pond, utter shite. But uh, it's been really bad. They've been like really bad storyteller. One chick we had last time in St. Augustine, she was like, so this is totally a house where bad things happened and people died. And my friend was Snapchatted here and she might have seen some orbs. And I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> so at least it's time we had a guy who lived there for like 50 years and he's told some interesting stories, but it just wasn't captivating enough. And so we left right. halfway through. <laughs> He's like, here's one of the historic bars that has several ghosts in it. He keeps walking, and we just went to the bar. <laughs> well, I better, I better investigate these ghosts further. <laughs> yeah, I'll investigate my glass. <laughs> so then we went to lots of the bars and hung out, and just uh, we played spades back at the hotel afterwards. So it was a good time. Good time. Good. That's what I've been up to since then, besides work. Uh, well, good. So does that take us to some nerdy news? I think it does. It's time for nerdy news. Yeah. I'm jazzed. What you got for us, Steve? All right. So this week, this isn't really nerdy. And so this is going to be way outside of what I normally talk about. But this is so bizarre that I just had to report on it. Ghosts? No. (laughs) So... Uh, worse. So this week, my name for my story, as I always give a name for my story, is uh, Barry the Hatchet Face. All right. And Hatchet Face is the name of the little cartoon mascot of the Insane Clown Posse. Oh, God. Who is a rap metal group who somehow still exists. <laughs> we have a huge following. We have a huge following called Juggalos and Juggalettes who are just, just sweet folks. <laughs> From <laughs> from what I gather, oh, just they, they are just the most accepting, understanding, and not drug riddled people <laughs> who always want to get in fights at all times. All every one of their neck and face tattoos is classy. <laughs> That's why they get all the jobs. All the tattoos on the parts of the body that you can't see are tasteful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bless their heart. Bless their hearts. Okay, so this all started with a Violent J, who's the bigger of the two guys. His name is Violent J? Violent J is his persona. Oh. It's <laughs> right in the name, folks. <laughs> uh, so J has a teenage daughter who is a furry. What? Let's just start, let's start, with, this. Let's start with this. It's not a giant redneck guy? It, he he kind of is, but he also wears makeup, like clown makeup for a living. I thought you said it was a little girl. Yeah, it was his daughter. Oh, his daughter. Okay, sorry. His daughter is a furry. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so they have now started a YouTube channel called Snake Busters, where they review low-quality furry costumes and paraphernalia <laughs> and then yell at the distributors and makers of this paraphernalia. Right. This is where this all started. So I watched this video. It is ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. I really recommend you check it out. Snake Busters. It's insane. 
to realize this is someone's reality. Uh, but in the in the video, they mentioned no less than like six or eight times how violent Jay is broke. <laughs> the dad. And they brought it up over and over to the point where it was exhaustive. And I had to look it up. And the reason that he's broke is because they just fought a very costly legal battle against the FBI and <laughs> lost. <laughs> the FBI. So the FBI, uh, as of 2013 or 2014, had labeled Juggalos as a loosely organized hybrid gang. Wow. Because four states already have laws and regulations and stuff in place that define them as a criminal gang. Wow. And so because of this, the, the, the two guys said that they were going to meet and greets where over and over again they were hearing stories about people who lost their custody of their kids or received bigger prison sentences or uh, lost jobs or refused military because of either they had a ICP tattoo or they were wearing an insignia on their clothes. <laughs> and I, and so they, they, they took this lawsuit up and it got thrown out. It got thrown out. They lost, and then they appealed and then the appeal got thrown out. Damn. So they lost, they lost hard. So you're allowed to discriminate against ICP people now legally. <laughs> Well, because they are defined as a gang. Yes. Right. <laughs> right, right. And so they're terrible. It was just insane that I had no idea any of this was going on. And then to find out that one of them has a daughter who is a furry was just too much to not report on. <laughs> you had to report on this. High quality I had reporting. To report on this. I dug deep on the internet to find this. Well, I believe it's Vice that has a great like mini documentary on the insane cloud posse and most like more about juggalos. And how it came about and who they are and what kind of people they are. And it's fascinating. Um, wow. It's basically a group of white rappers that are in clown makeup. And somehow they yeah, have it. a huge cult following. And they drink a lot of Fago. I know that. Is that like a cheap off-brand Coke? Yes, it's like a, the cheapest, most off-brandest of Cokes. <laughs> but it's like grape and orange. I don't even know if they do cola flavor. Oh, I did have Fago before. Yeah, they had it at yeah. Costco once on sale, so I got it for my party. <laughs> Just, I see it in Pittsburgh when I'm there to visit my parents. Fago. So what's your nerdy news story? <laughs> what a strange story. It was so weird. So I have a bunch of little tidbits that came out from uh, SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, some of the stuff you guys might have already heard, but uh, episode nine of Star Wars will feature footage of Carrie Fisher from episode eight that was filmed but not used. So he got permission from her family and her estate to use uh, footage that she already filmed and kind of he's going to jury rig it in a way that makes it so it's part of the new story. Uh, see, I heard that it was from uh, footage from A New Hope. Oh, no. I not, not, not A New Hope. Uh, not A New Hope. Um, the, the Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I'm crazy. Oh, you might be right because he was saying from my film. So that, that was uh, the first film. I they never used it. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's from Force Awakens. Ignore me about New Hope. I'm, I'm crazy. Entirely. Gotcha. Um, and then Billy D. Williams will also be in the film as Lando. I think we might have covered that before. They might have well, what that. have we here? That's right. What have we here? Our fat Disney chick. <laughs> uh, and the, so another news, uh, the next Wonder Woman will be set in 1984, uh, and it's already started filming. Uh, the weird part is that it's got Chris Pine in it, uh, even though he died in the last film. And also he'd be like... 70 years old if he lived to 1984 because I don't know they did the same thing with Agent Carter but if he died I mean that's that's pretty definitive (laughs) I mean like the first one took place in World War One so he'd be like 
1984, if he aged normally. Mid to late 80s. Right. So in the previews, though, you see him. There's like a film preview. Yep. There's like pictures, stills, and he's the same age as he is now. So it's like, oh, what the hell? But it looks pretty cool, though, because set in 84, a lot of 80s costumes and music and stuff. So while, you know, with her fighting people, that's kind of neat. Um, So also my big news is that Chris Hardwick is returning to Talking Dead after AMC has done an investigation into the allegations against him by his ex-girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra. Uh, All of his ex-girlfriends, since her announced her claims against him came out, have come out to support Chris Hardwick and say, this is not the person we know. I dated him for years. He was never like that. So basically, they've kind of uh, pushed it towards the era that she was either exaggerating or um, she overblown her claims. So I hope that she was uh, just overblowing her claims and she was not actually abused because that for her own sake but it's kind of shitty if she did that if she kind of made this shit up yeah. about it um but i'm hoping he's a good guy and that it's just true and all his girlfriends support him so i'm gonna believe them and his current wife says he's amazing uh so he's coming back to tv i'm excited all right well good and big news uh water was discovered on mars oh yeah was that is that official i know that i saw something it's official but i did no research into it <laughs> So, hooray. <laughs> yes. What does it mean? We don't know. Uh, so, they're hoping to get the next rover. I did hear about that, to When they do send the next rover to Mars, put it in that area so that it can actually uh, get samples from this water on Mars uh, to see if it has any microorganisms in it, which would mean life on Mars. And that'd be extraterrestrial life, officially. Wow. That's right. So, that'd Holy be crap. pretty badass. That's Holy my nerdy news. crap. So what's uh you're doing some kind of strange segment here out here? I am doing a segment here. Uh, so the Muppet movie that we're going to discuss today. Now, mind you, I love the Muppets. It's so deep in my heart. Uh, but this is really one of their failures. Uh, Most from space, I feel like it in no way represents any good part of the legacy that Jim left. It feels cheap. It feels insincere. But we're going to get into more of that later. But because it's a failure. I want to talk about some other failures in this segment that I'm going to call Hit a Charm. (laughs) Fail. Nice. So I'm going to talk about some failed products (laughs) from over the years that some of them I'd heard of, but some of them I've never even knew existed. Sure, there's lots of them. So uh, let's start with Pepsi AM. Hmm. This was a drink targeted at the morning cola drinker. <laughs> That's kind of me, actually. I like getting up and getting a soda immediately. It was clear. I think it had a slightly higher caffeine content. Nice. Uh, but it failed miserably. And they tried it again with Pepsi, uh, with Crystal Pepsi, which also failed. I guess Crystal Pepsi was just kind of marketed for all day use. So. Um, <laughs> the McDonald's Arch Deluxe, which was a higher quality McDonald's burger. Uh, because they were trying to capture a demographic that they referred to as urban sophisticate. <laughs> they spent a hundred million dollars developing and doing the ad campaign for it, and it it destroyed them. God, when was that? I don't even remember that happening. Like late seventies, early eighties. Gotcha. Uh, Cosmopolitan magazine yogurt. That <laughs> happened. It's horrible. Uh, mobile ESPN which was the shittiest flip phone you can imagine that only has the ESPN app installed. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's what it was. It was supposedly like a phone for the ultimate sports fan. Uh, uh, E.T. for the Atari. Oh, yes. 
It's got a documentary about that. They slapped it together in five weeks. They made four million cartridges, despite the fact that only 2,000 to uh, 2 million Ataris had been sold. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. That's so stupid. Mind you, which was still an incredible amount. Like, 2 sure. million units was incredible, but 4 million was insane. And then they ended up having 2.5 million of them returned. Did you hear uh, about we, that? They found them in, like, a big dumpster, like, this uh, whole batch. Down in Mexico. Yeah. They used a, a giant landfill in Mexico. That's crazy. Uh, segways, which were supposed to, like, revolutionize the individual, tra- like, travel and, like, day-to-day. And now they're just relegated to, like, Cleveland and Pittsburgh waterfront tours. I mean, they're pretty much every city I've been to now has Segway tours. I think they haven't been a complete failure, but they're not nearly where they hoped. But they, they are only used to give tour. Like, there's no right. real practical. <laughs> and like mall cops have them sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um, the laser disc, because every elementary school library had one. <laughs> hey, some people still collect laser discs. <laughs> are you one? Are you bent out of shape right now? <laughs> no, the um, Sean Vanderloo, no. our uh, our fan and also fellow podcaster, he uh, he collects some laser. He collects laserdiscs. Sean, what are you doing? He found a, a player. I think he said at a garage sale. And so since he got, it, he's like, hey, you might as well. <laughs> so it's kind you, of fun. Uh, Sean. Let us know. Do you see a a real quality difference? Yeah, I've heard that. That's what people boast about with laserdisc is the quality difference. I heard they were at least better than DVDs. Um, so let's see what else. Uh, McDonald's on here a few times. Uh, the McDonald's Mighty Wings. Oh, God. Which was a five-piece wing that supposedly tasted really good, but after they launched, they ended up with four million excess pounds oh, of Mighty Wings. <laughs> uh, the McDLT. So it was in a, a long, like, a longer container that on one half had your hot stuff, so the bun and the burger, and on the other half had your cold stuff, the pickles, the lettuce, the cheese, and the onion, with the idea that you weren't going to eat the burger then. You were going to put it together yourself later and then be able to enjoy all your vegetables real crisp. What? The McDLT. I mean, actually, I don't, I, you know, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to try to find it. No. <laughs> uh, so Thirsty Cat and Thirsty Dog. Bottled flavored drinks for your pet featuring tangy fish for cats and crispy beef for dogs. <laughs> and then the final one from the makers of your favorite toothpaste, Colgate, comes frozen dinners. Colgate In the early 80s, dinners? Colgate made frozen dinners hoping to expand their market. These brand mixtures don't make any sense. No, uh, a lot of failures. Just like the movie that we're about to talk about, Muppets from Space. Fail. Uh, all of these sounds apply to what we're about to talk about. <laughs> all right. So we're um, about to move on to this, I think. A little bit of... Uh, yeah. Right, because All there right. were no musical numbers in this movie, only funk music. Oh, God. All right. So this one is, even with some of the made-for-TV stuff, um, the only the only movie that I would put worse than this is Muppet Wizards of Oz, which we will get to. Um, but otherwise, this is probably the worst of all the Muppet stuff that, that they have to offer. This may be my favorite Muppet movie so far. What, Jarvin? <laughs> what are you doing to I me? I don't know. I like 
liked it. What are you doing to me? It's so bad. There were no dragging music numbers and a, a, a story that went a start, middle, and end that went moved along at a good pace. I a lot of funny moments, a lot of dirty jokes. Uh, uh, I love Rizzo and Gonzo. You've noticed that trend throughout all these movies. They're my favorite characters. Uh, so this is so disappointing. This movie focused Charmin. on Rizzo and Gonzo, and I really like that. Uh, Charmin, I don't know if I can deal with you right now. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'm just I'm seeing it through weird eyes, but so tell me what's so bad about it. So um the fact is they didn't establish a Muppet universe that we're living in. So start with that. What do you uh, mean? Which is a big problem for me. So the idea that the Muppets is that they're either playing characters in a film, like they themselves are themselves playing characters, if that makes sense. So if you remember in Great Muppet Caper, they break the fourth wall and he's like, Piggy, you're overacting. Mm-hmm. I am not. They are actors in that film. The Muppet movie is they made a movie about how they met. Great Muppet Caper is they are these weirdos living amongst the regular human world. Their reporters are given a background. And this one is just the Muppets are in a house. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's going against some canon that like longtime fans all have. Not even canon, just establishing something. Because... Even, you know, they're in the house and everyone's really familiar with herself. You know, they show Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem going to do a performance. So we know that there's still a band here, but they're not famous in any way and never were famous because nobody knows who Miss Piggy is when she goes to take this low level job at a local news station. Right. Like, it, it, there's just, uh, for, so from that perspective, it just, it doesn't let you hook into the Muppets you know. Whereas for me, I, I felt it was the same as the rest of the movie. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like it just felt like oh it's, uh, it's, another, Muppet. it's another Muppet story. That's all like that's like the first one uh, they travel across country that no one knows who they are in that one. No, but what the, but what I'm saying is that you know the original setup for that is they are they are going to view a movie that they have just made that shows how they got together. Oh, I forgot about that part. But you know that they are still them. That's still the setup. Right. There was a clear setup for who they are and how they were interacting in the world with each one that set up the whole movie. And this one is just they're in a house. So in the real world, the, the, in quotations, they're famous. and Everybody knows who they are. In theory, yes. Okay. And that is carried through in the current ones, the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. Right. They're like famous. This is this is like the one movie that drops out of that. Now, mind you, then you also have to talk about the, the, the story tale movies. Uh, like, Treasure Island and that, which are completely removed, but... That's kind of different. There was a blueprint they had to follow, so it's kind of a different set of rules. Right. I, I imagine those being like other movies that the Muppets have made, you know, in their own universe. Right. It's possible. Yeah. But they don't admit to that in those movies the right. way that they do in the other ones. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's weird. For me, that's what that's what gets for me. It's the one movie that just doesn't get it right in that So that, I get that. That makes also a good point, but that doesn't make this movie bad. So tell me what makes this movie bad. Uh, on so own. you love the funk soundtrack. I hate the funk soundtrack. I did not love the funk, funk soundtrack. It. That was not a part that I like was really thinking it, it, about. It just and it wasn't even that. So a lot of people, a lot of fans are on this because it doesn't feature any original songs, which you pointed out. That is not my issue with this. My issue is that they were like, yeah, a space themed alien comedy with Gonzo, uh, who like Muppet's key demographic is like. 30 to 50 year old white people. You know what we should do? Funk music. Like, who? <laughs> that was a weird who choice. Sat and was like, yeah, that's, that's the target audience. Like, I'm sure you read the trivia too. It said somewhere in that they're going to have Ween make a song 
original song with uh, when Gonzo's looking up at the sky thinking about where he yeah. comes from. Yeah. And they're like, and actually, they no, them, we're doing a funk soundtrack. And they offered, do you guys want to cover Brick House? And they're like, nah, we're good. We're good. See ya. <laughs> so that was a weird uh, choice. I agree. But now, mind you, I don't hate all parts of this movie. You're right. There are some individually funny moments. It's a much darker in some ways and more surreal kind of movie uh, in some of the moments and sadness. It kind of the loneliness it chooses to point out. Right. Um, but overall, it's just it's just a failure. It just is. I had a good time. Uh, all right. Let's walk. <laughs> let's walk through it. Uh, so we have Gonzo dreaming about uh it opens movie with him dreaming about uh, being in the time of Noah's Ark and Noah's collecting all two pairs of two of all the different species. And he's trying to get on the boat and Noah's like, what the hell are you? And he's like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a whatever. And he's like, what's a whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, Oscar winner F Murray Abraham yes, is Noah here. Great absolutely. cameo. Uh, but he's not let on the boat, but he, he comes back and gives him an umbrella, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> so, he doesn't get to be on the boat. He wakes up terrified and Rizzo uh, tries to comfort him, but is kicked out the window by accident. By, by <laughs> I love that. Ah! Uh, uh, and then starts brick house. Yeah. For some reason. And, and I think that this is the exposition that I was complaining about. It was them supposed to be showing them. They're all living in like a boarding house or something. Yeah. And they're all oh, sharing a bathroom and trying to get ready. But even that didn't establish anything. It's just like, why are they all in that house together? We don't know. But uh, right. they had a Rizzo sex dream joke that was like really blatant. I was surprised at the beginning there. Maybe. I don't remember. It was they, like, they, he, he does Spice Girls, a f- uh, like Mice Girls a few times. Uh, well, he talks to, he's talking to Gonzo about, he's like, I had this dream where this and this and this happened. He's like, oh, like, like that one dream with you and the little person and the, the canola oil or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> Jesus. That's pretty straightforward. Um, so... <laughs> Weird musical number. We're supposed to understand they all live in this house together. Gonzo feels alone. He he goes down for breakfast. He pours out his alphabet cereal and it spells out, are you there? Right. And then look to the skies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that night he goes up on the roof with this toy telescope that he got out of the, out of the cereal box. <laughs> and a lightning bolt comes down, hits the weather vane and he gets zapped. And then all of a sudden he's talking to two interdimensional fish, which I thought was very like a money Python ish kind of thing. It was strange. Certainly <laughs> uh, they, they, they tell him that, that his people are looking for them, looking for him and that he needs to send them a message. Right. So he goes down and Gonzo's Gonzo's on fire. Basically is still smoking and singed <laughs> and he ruins Rizzo's uh, perfect poker hand. Uh, and takes the keys and goes to the lawnmower and mows a message in the front lawn. Now, all this time, uh, when then he, they first sent him a message saying, are you there? They apparently put that across all the monuments across the world. So the like secret Stonehenge or- spells, yeah. are you there? And what, what were the other ones? Pyramids. And, and the Hollywood sign. This one says, are you three? But we think that it's a typographical error. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Um, and Jeffrey Tambor plays the head of the, this uh, secret organization. Covenet. That's, Covenet. That's always searching for alien life. But uh, they're right in the edge of being destroyed because the government thinks it's a waste of time. There's a, a very recognizable general who comes to visit him, character actor, um, saying to shut him down any minute now unless he finds something. So, uh uh, the one one thing I do appreciate about this movie is that uh, Bill Beretta, who was a 
a, a Muppeteer that's sort of coming into his own kind of during the down period of Henson. So he w- he played a big role on Muppets Tonight. And he'd played uh, like a big role in a couple of failed projects, but hadn't really found his his spot. And in this one, they made him, they put him as Bobo the Bear, who is Jeffrey Tambor's assistant, and honestly, one of the funniest parts of the film. I laughed so hard at his stuff throughout this whole movie. Yeah, he was great. Careful, sir. (laughs) Step by baby steps. Baby (laughs) steps, sir. Uh, Yeah, like he's. And sticking uh, his nose in the cell later on. He is also Pepe, the King Prawn. Oh, is he? Yes, I love that character. Yeah. Another shrimp. I'm a King Prawn, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Mike. Um, and he got featured more on the other side. And so he that's honestly one of the most enjoyable parts is that he finally got a chance to do some stuff. Now, is it the, they featured him because they couldn't feature the other characters that were um, from the puppeteers who just passed away? Like no, Skeeter I mean they're and, always um, looking. They're always looking to cultivate more characters. Gotcha. Because I know Skeeter and Rolf and stuff like that. They didn't feature because of like that reason. I thought that's true. But also, when they bring in new puppeteers, they want them to be involved. Um, it was the same thing when Steve Whitmire joined third season of the Muppet Show. You know, he got his suddenly lips was invented for the Electric Mayhem, so he would have something to do. Nice. And Scoot. Uh, oh, who else was invented? Um, you know, when Fraggle Rock hit, they made him Wembley, you know, the second lead, those sort of things. Uh, Steve um, Whitmire will be a Dragon Con, which I'm going to in a month. Ooh, you should go see him. Get I'll something signed try. for me, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you money. Yeah. You want me to get something signed for you? If you, if, yeah. Cool. If you will get something signed for me, I will send you money. I'll, I'll look into it. Look at, yeah, let's look at what the price range is. Is he the big bird guy too? No, that is Carol Spinney. That's Spiney. who it is, not Steve Whitmire. It's Carol Spinney. I, I would still pay to get something signed. <laughs> All right. I, I was within 10 feet of him and Oscar like four years ago. Nice. Almost killed me. Almost killed me. Um, okay, so back to this freaking movie. Right, 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 right. Um, Wonderful movie. So he, he does the lawn, and then Rizzo and Pepe decide to like mess with him and make him build a jacuzzi. Right. They, they give him uh, subliminal messages in his dreams saying, the aliens want you to build a jacuzzi, okay? <laughs> and so he builds if one. If you'll build it, we will come, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, so he builds a jacuzzi and sets up a big party. Uh, this leads to like just a funny short moment with uh, Salmonella, who's a monkey, and uh, the, the the basically Sinatra ripoff character. I can't remember his name for life of me right now. I've never seen him uh, before that I could remember. Uh, the Muppets Tonight. A lot of these characters are, are failed characters from Muppets Tonight. That's so weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, he's got a party set up for his alien alien family who's coming to get him. And and he's got a cake. And Salmonella, the monkey, cuts a piece of the cake. And then Gonza comes over and goes, oh, my God, who cut the cake? And Sal goes, who cut the cake? <laughs> oh, that's a terrible who thing would to do. do. Goes, Where's the cannolis? He said that first. Oh, that's um, cute. So the aliens don't show up. Right. So he goes to see Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, I believe, mm-hmm. who puts a thing on his head where he hears a radio station. Uh, he hears a, a TV voice saying, come to our studio downtown. He thinks it's a message from the aliens. So he immediately heads downtown to the studio, to the studio. where Miss Piggy had been trying to telling them that she was working as a journalist or a, an anchor on TV, but really she was just getting coffee for the anchor played by uh, uh, Groundhog Day fame. What's her name? 
Oh God, I don't know. Oh God, I love her. She her she's so sweet looking all the time. Live, Jarvin. Live. <laughs> it's not Mary Steenburgen. They kind of they do have similar played. roles. You're right, but it's not Mary Steenburgen. Oh God, I gotta look it up. Keep talking. I'm talking too while I look it up. <laughs> but I, oh, I'm, I'm, God. <laughs> Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Of Michael fame. Oh, of Michael and multiplicity. Crisis averted. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What were we going to uh, do? Groundhog's Day was a good movie. Yes, I love Groundhog's Day. We should talk about that instead. No. <laughs> Keep on trucking. So, anyway, we're at the okay. agency, and also Rob Schneider is like the producer there. Uh, he has a fun role there where he's kind of being silly and making the show go on because. So, Gonzo shows up, says he's an alien. Now the government knows where he is. They send agents. Right. To the studio to go capture him. They capture him, take him to CovNet Lab. Uh, where Jeffrey Tambor threatens him. Whoa, whoa, wait, before you go forward, whoa, there's a happened? weird line, a couple weird parts here before that goes Ooh. Uh First, Gonzo does a very thinly veiled, like, metaphor towards homosexuality to Kermit. He's like, he's like, you don't have to know, Kermit. I've always had alien-like tendencies. This is just me being really who I want to be. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and then, pretty good. And then uh, the weird, uh, recognizable actor uh, playing one of the agents who fights uh, Miss Piggy. And he yeah, he's li- from the Dead Poets Society. Yeah, and he things. apparently likes being hit and beaten up and stuff. Like, even the last moment when she kicks him in the nuts and he falls over, he smiles at the last minute as he falls. Like, it's, that was a weird touch. <laughs> Why was that in this movie? <laughs> but yeah, he likes being beaten up by Miss Piggy. Okay, so now we're at the agency where they've captured Gonzo. Uh, so at the agency, Jeffrey Tambor, like, threatens him and tells him he wants to know when his alien family's showing up. Gonzo legitimately doesn't know. They separate him and Rizzo. Rizzo goes to rat prison and honestly has what I consider one of the only redeemable parts of the film, <laughs> which is the plot of him in rat prison, which is basically the place where they're testing rats uh, in the facility. That's right. And you're going to run the maze. You're all going to spend some time in the maze. Hey, by David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, references to, like, uh, the Birdman of Alcatraz and some other just crazy fun stuff. <laughs> That's right. And, that was what that was. <laughs> and he's choosing between poison and cheese, and he goes for the cheese, he gets punched in the face. <laughs> and, then, and then later on, they bring it back, and he goes for the poison, he gets punched in the face again. doesn't matter. Um, wind tunnel stuff. It's just a lot of fun, and honestly, I think, like, one of the most redeemable parts of the film. Well, I'm glad you like that part. Uh, let's see. What's next? Meanwhile... Gonzo is going to have his brain sucked out by like an Andy Dick monster. Yeah. Andy Dick monster. I <laughs> like that description by Andy Dick monster. Uh, so Kermit and the gang find out that he's been captured and they've got to go rescue him. So they go see Bunsen Honeydew who acts as their cue and gives them some, uh, some gadgets and gizmos. One that to, makes them invisible. Go. They spray it on them with a, a rubber ducky spray uh, the like love potion or whatever. Yeah, it gets a, a thing to spray to uh, Miss Piggy that can make people do anything that she wants them to do. Right. Uh, and then scotch tape. <laughs> and also a, a door, door in a jar. Door in a jar. <laughs> so they go uh, and then have what I think is the most delightful cameo in the entire film, which is Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah. He was very delightful who's, in this. Who's playing the front guard and Piggy goes and tries to talk her way in and then sprays him with the, the spray, makes him do whatever she wants. And and he just smiles and tell, calls her beautiful and lets them all in. Oh, what a beautiful family. <laughs> uh, it's just real nice. And then, and then he recaps it at the end when they're escaping. 
like, oh, bye, guys, bye. And then he turns around and he goes, what is going on? And there's just really, <laughs> the whole just building's really, exploding. Yeah, it's just a really a great cameo, probably the best one in the movie. Yep. Um, so they break in. They, let's see, find Gonzo, right? Oh, but the, the doctor who's about to suck his brains out uh, is terrified of rats because Rizzo escapes with his rat friends. His rat friends back him up and try to scare the doctor. Um, so then when... Jeffrey Tambor's character is going to show the general that he captured a real alien. He's going to observe him from the brain sucking room. He, he turns around and all of a sudden there's mayhem going on in there. And the doc, the crazy doctor gets pushed up against the glass and says, release me as <laughs> like Independence, Independence Day. Day. I love that. I thought that was great. That was a good reference. Um, so the rats free Gonzo, the Buffets finally find Gonzo. Uh, and I want to point this out. This is like a fan theory, I guess, technically. So, um, Animal now is not the animal of old. Animal of old was like food, sex, and sleep. And he yelled woman, woman a lot and oogled and did a lot of like very manly things that would not fly in today's market. Right. And this movie kind of marks the very end of that. Uh, transition. The transition. And it's because of Kathy Griffin. Yep. <laughs> uh, he felt what it was to be like, I don't know, used maybe. Or, like, pursued, and maybe he didn't like how that felt. Right, because he's oogling her, chasing her, like, grabbing her butt, and then... Because it changes him deep, and then, you know what? In the next movie, The Muppets, you know where he starts the movie? In therapy. Really? In anger management therapy. (laughs) So, (laughs) Kathy Griffin is the reason that Animal is not any longer, like, a misogynistic womanizer. Oh, and speaking of Kathy Griffin, I kick back to my news story that Chris Harpick is back in uh, AMC Talking Dead. When they announced that on Twitter, she responded by saying, fuck off. So I'm not too happy with Kathy Griffin right now. All right. Well, I'm glad I brought her up then. <laughs> but good for her, though. Uh, yeah. So they're escaping. Uh, they use the door in a jar and it's, it comes out and it's t- too small for all of them except for King Prawn and uh, Rizzo. Rizzo. But King Prawn goes through first. The door won't open after that. And then King Prawn finds goes around somehow and opens the main door so they can all get out and escape and go by Ray Liotta again. Yeah, they go by Ray Liotta. He waves them goodbye. <laughs> and then they're going to run off. Their, they're all in the bus together running away. And then uh, Gonzo's like, I have to go to, um, what was it? Uh, Lake, Lake Doom? Because a sandwich. So a sandwich that Bobo brought him talked to him. We forgot to mention that. Right. A sandwich was channeling the aliens and telling him to go to Lake Doom to go meet them as they're going to land at midnight. Yeah, so they escape. They're head up to this point at a lighthouse, I think. Uh, the media is somehow alerted to this and follows. And Ms. all Piggy these Gonzo followers, Miss Piggy's there capitalizing. Um, and Gonzo waits, and it seems like they're not going to show up. And then all of a sudden, something comes out of the sky, and it's a tiny egg that shoots a giant beam of light up into the air, bringing down a giant spaceship that has just a world of Gonzos. And Gonzagans, uh, we'll call them. We have to mention that they pass by these two people sitting there waiting for the spaceship, and they said, "Man, too bad Dawson's not here to see this." And it's <laughs> it's uh, Pacey and what's her face from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> That's right. The big show at the time that was going to age well. And then uh, Pepe <laughs> uh, flirts with her real bad. Right. <laughs> uh, so the aliens come. They do the one and only like lo- like sing along number celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess was okay, but felt like too little too late. Right. And felt unnecessary almost. Like, why is that the opening for them? 
It was kind of neat. It's like, what are they going to do? And they sing a song. It's like, oh, that's, that's kind of fun. Wasn't expecting that. Gonzo's about to go with him. Jeffrey Tambor shows up. He's got a giant, men, like, alien-type gun a la Men in Black. He threatens to shoot them down, but they all laugh at him. His gun malfunctions or doesn't have ammo. And then they honor him with a cape and say that he will be the ambassador to Earth, and his name is now Zongo. <laughs> he loves it. Zongo, 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 Zongo. Um, and so he goes with them. Everyone says bye, says bye to Gonzo. The ship departs. Everyone's sad. And then all of a sudden the ship comes back. Gonzo comes back. He can't leave his family because that's where guys. his home is. The aliens say that's fine, despite the fact that who knows where they're from, how far they traveled. How is Gonzo actually okay with this? There's a lot of questions. There's a lot, a lot of questions. Wouldn't he want some way to contact them and just talk to them at least? Right. Or anything. Yeah. So no, um, Jeffrey Tambor does go off with them and then they all live happily ever after, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. They go back to their house that they all live in together and uh, wait for the next Muppet movie to come out. <laughs> just wait. Just sit. <laughs> My um, favorite so Muppet movie. I thought this. Uh, so <laughs> music was a weird choice. That so was, that's a couple cameos and a few real a couple funny moments. I felt like it was really lackluster. Um. They re-recorded a version of uh, I'm Going to Go Back There Someday, which was Anna and I's wedding song. Um, and they re-recorded it in 4-4 time for the soundtrack. They didn't end up using it, but it still made it onto the soundtrack. And I listened to it, and it's real bad. Really? Does it make it sound so different, too? In the different- uh, it just it feels it drags so bad. By adding that extra beat, it's just an extra beat you don't fill. Well, I guess they just didn't need it for a reason. That's why they cut it. Um, this was the last film that featured any Frank Oz involvement. He was busy for most of the shooting schedule. They had to do what they did on Muppet Treasure Island where they had stand in puppeteers. He came in and dubbed later, but this was, this was really the last Muppet movie that he was in any way touched. So he hasn't done the new ones at all. No, not at all. Huh? Another puppeteer does actually does most of his characters. It's like the same guy who does Fozzie and Piggy and Sam the Eagle and maybe one or two others, I think. Nice. I like the little Sam the Eagle moment at the party in this movie, by the way, where he sees a moment with her <laughs> just, midriff showing. Just staring at He's her. like, oh my God. <laughs> oh. Um, they were they brought back some some kind of retired characters. Ralph the dog, Scooter, and Dr. Teeth all talk in this for the first time on film. Um in a movie since Jim's death. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Um but otherwise, I don't know, this movie is not very redeemable to me as a Muppet fan. As like a true Muppet fan, it really isn't. Okay, so maybe from a fan perspective, it's really bad, but there are much worse movies out there. This is not that bad of a movie. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's bad, bad. I'm just saying that in the scope of Muppet films, which is how we are reviewing this, sure. it's terrible. And from a outside perspective, I thought it was perfectly just serviceable. Like Star, like Star Trek five and six aren't that bad, but in Star Trek, they're bad. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I just like, um, I can't remember which one it was, though, that one of the Muppet movies that really dragged for me and I just did not enjoy. It was kind of like, you, you really didn't like Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah. And I think you felt like the songs in the first one were too long, but I did like the first one a lot though. Yeah. But, like, uh, well, I'm glad that you liked this one. I'm glad that you got more out of it than I did. <laughs> well, that's a good perspective to have, <laughs> uh, because I did not enjoy it. And if it, if it takes your, your enjoyment and appreciation from up, it's deeper than more power to you. There you go. And I liked it. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, those guys at that uh the other Muppet thing we interviewed before, they probably would be so angry right now. <laughs> oh, they are. I can tell you they are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that, uh that's what that is. That's that's Muppets from Space. Uh next time for Star Trek, I think we're doing what, Insurrection next. Uh, yes, Insurrection, and then we'll have uh uh, Nemesis, Nemesis and then 2009 and then Into Darkness and then Beyond and then Beyond oh my god <laughs> so let's go to some trailer reviews so oh. here at A Play on Nerds oh, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system at the low end of the scale we have Don't Waste a Match burn it this burn it now ignore so me burn it burn, burn it waste a single match nope, burn, burn it burn it burn it and second from the bottom, we have Will right, we C. Take care of that. Maybe the trailer was too short. <laughs> maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Uh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. All right. So this is a special version of trailer reviews because we have San Diego Comic-Con. That just happened. SDCC 2018 just went down, and with it came a wave of previews, trailers, and announcements of things that we and other nerds are excited for. Absolutely. And to make it easy for you guys, we are going to post a link in the episode description from Vulture.com. It does a great rundown of all the trailers there. That's where we're getting most of our, our lineup from, and so it makes it really easy for you. Who we used last year for our similar roundup. Yeah, it's really nice. And so... Uh, there's five big movie releases, uh, and we have little shortened versions of some of those that we were going to listen to. I think first one we have is uh, Glass. Ooh. Let's take a listen. It's amazing to meet you. It is simply extraordinary. Maybe this will all make sense if I explain who I am. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. My work concerns a particular type of delusion of grandeur. It's a growing field. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes. <laughs> Good for you. The three of you have convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book. David Dunn. The only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago? What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast. It's coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. My bones break easily. I've had 94 breaks in my life. But you have an extraordinary IQ. This is not a cartoon. This is the real world. No way and yet some of us still don't die with bullets 
Yeah, there was a lot of dialogue in that one. Um, yeah, it had a good narrative throughout. It did, unlike just a bunch of flash teases. But uh, so basically, if you guys already know, it's uh, kind of the sequel to both Unbreakable and Split, putting put in the same universe with from M Night Shyamalan. With the idea that the, all of these characters are are actually superheroes or villains or whatever this world's version is of that. Uh, and they've all been confined in a mental institution where bringing them together causes the biggest harm possible. Right. Um, and it looks uh, well made. I, I'm so excited. Like, I I have not been legitimately excited for an M. Night Shyamalan project in probably 15 years. Like, realistically. You saw a Split, right? I did, but I didn't know about that. Like, I didn't have any... Right, came out I of nowhere. Ex- well, not only that, like, I've come to expect so little from that man that the fact that it was good was like a surprise, but I, I haven't anticipated anything from him the way I used to. Right. Like, I remember after, God, what was it? Six Sets came out. It was, there's the, oh, what's his next movie going to be? And then, what was that? Signs then? <laughs> I like and Signs. And everyone's like, Signs is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. What's this? And there was always this hype. And I feel like that just hasn't been. Lady of the Water. For about, and then there was for about, the. For about a decade that hasn't really existed. Yeah, his movies like got progressively worse and worse and worse until the happening. And they're like, nope, <laughs> you're All right, we're done. Uh, so, but this is the first one where I saw Split. I loved it. And I've been anticipating it. Nice. Uh, I feel the same way. So you're, if you could, you'd be a shove and take my money. Shove and take my money. Absolutely. Um, I'd say give it a buck for me so far. But I really did love Unbreakable a lot. So it might be a shove and take my money. And you just maybe not sold on Split. Uh, yeah, Split was good, but it's like, I don't know if they kind of force these, these universes together. It didn't seem like it was that natural of a fit, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> Sorry, that was my happening clip. That was too late. All right. So what's our, what's our next movie? All right. So next one we got is Aquaman. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life... As a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. They made me what I am. Permission to come aboard. I've been looking for you. Your half-brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. When did trailers get so long? It's true. I want to strap in. Service. Challenge me for the throne. I call it an ass whooping. 
you to leave because you have two different worlds. That is exactly why you are worthy. dialogue in that one <laughs> but uh or storyline from what i could tell well the general storyline that the his uh half brother is going to be taking over the throne this, this seems like a prequel right to you i think so it has to be yeah um yeah because he's already the king of atlantis right or whatever yeah i think you're i think he must be but uh either way it's maybe a, that was a kind of clear story that they want to bring him there because he'll be a better ruler than this evil brother who's taking over i guess for zeus or not zeus uh, poseidon or whatever Right. Um, um, but yeah, I don't think I'm going to see this or yeah. maybe, maybe a buck. Maybe I'll give it a buck. All right. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Like DC has lost me. Well, don't say that until we're done with trailer reviews. Cause there's one coming up, but I know um, even more. Um, but yeah, I'm just in general, in storytelling, I'm tired of the reluctant hero. I think we've had it for about 400 years, maybe longer. Can we move on? Like, why does every hero have to be like, I'm not a ruler. I'm not a king. I don't want this, you know, this power. Like, a, I'm no good. You know, it's like, it's not, I don't want to be, I'm not, I'm not meant to be a Jedi. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, yes, you are. You're awesome. Embrace it. Well, that's what I like about Batman. He's like, no, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm awesome. I'm Batman. I'm Batman because I'm Batman and I have to fight crime because I'm Batman. I, that's why Iron Man resonated really well, too, because he was like, I'm Iron Man. It's great. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know, but Tony Stark's reluctant hero, too, though. You think so? Not because, yeah, because he, he makes that turn. He starts as millionaire philanthropist, greedy dick, and then realizes that he has to use his tech but to help. He, and then the whole thing is, and then the whole um, like Avengers plotline rests on, you know, him with Captain America, and you'll never be the one to lay down your life, Tony. And yeah, crap. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I like his character a lot in Justice League. Like he was one of the more lighter, more levity inducing characters in that movie so i think this movie has potential to be pretty fun um all right we'll see the guy playing the but brother no, i really like back. he's a great actor and a great uh singer and the chick playing uh his probable love interest she's pretty gorgeous so i'm up for that so i'm gonna say show up and take my money because i want to see it see the spectacle all in right. theater you, you let me know how it is i'll say give it a buck and wait a few months so going from reluctant hero to hero fully embracing his powers, we have Shazam in the DC universe as well. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It's real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. Well, you need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey. Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Billy Batson. 
I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. That demon haunts you. Say okay. <laughs> yeah. Shazam? This means Billy! What is happening? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. BM, you just Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock Mercedes. If I quit this season, Whoa. I still be my face. You okay? Why are you talking? Be humble. Sit down. You know, I don't think that's gonna buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. The hell? You have bullet immunity. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> you're dead. Sorry about your window. But you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. I think it seems like a lot of fun. Thank God DC finally has an Ant-Man. Yeah, that's true. But Ant-Man was more powerful than Superman. That's true. Apparently he's like a mixture of like several demigods powers put together. And so he's like pretty freaking badass once he learns everything. Uh, okay. I give you some credit. This one might redeem it. I probably will not still go see this one in theaters, but I, I will gladly give this one a buck as opposed to begrudgingly giving this one a buck. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I love uh, Zachary Levi for a long time. I'd never even watched him on Chuck. He just has a great online personality, um, big geek supporter. Got in ridiculously good shape for this film, and then it's a great character. So I, I'm going to take my money for this one. Especially because right. I have movie pass, so it won't cost me anything. That's damn right. <laughs> so All right. That take us on to? Our final trailer that we're going to play today is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I promise this one is shorter. Because there's almost no dialogue, right? Yeah is changing the mass extinction we feared has already begun and we are the cause we are the infection but like all living organisms the earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection its original and rightful rulers the titans for thousands of years these creatures have remained in hiding around the world and unless all the titans are found our planet will perish and so will we they are the only guarantee that life will carry on long live the king is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Um I don't know. It looks like they're going to kick up the amount of monsters. Right. Uh it looks like there's going to be at least one big like mega baddie. Some kind of th- multiple-headed thing. King, King Ghidorah, I think is its name. Right. Uh they definitely have Mothra in there, which was like a big fan favorite and one that a lot of fans were really disappointed didn't show up in the last one. Maybe Rodan as well. There's something else with a giant wingspan that looks like the head is different. Um, 
which is a, just a different monster. So I think they're really kicking out the monsters, which is what people really loved and didn't get enough of in the last one, which is good. They're learning lessons. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is so in vogue right now. It hurts <laughs> from Stranger Things. Um, I just don't I don't know what the story of this movie is. Like even, you know, the the plot had a really the, the trailer had a really heavy handed narrative. And I still don't really understand what this movie is. It's basically the prequel to King Kong versus Godzilla. Is that really all we're doing? Pretty much just br- setting that up. <laughs> I think so. That's true. You didn't see King Kong, but he could show up. I think the, the the next film will be King Kong versus Godzilla. So he might have a he might have like a tease at the end of this movie, and that's it. Um, or show up in like the last five minutes or something, right? And then have a whole movie of the two of them in the next next movie. Um, I love giant monster fight movies. Um, I probably will not drag Anna to go see this, but I will definitely watch her at home when I can. So give it a buck. Most of these are give it a buck because I've got to be much more choosy about my movies now. Right. And I put uh, burn it. Wow. <laughs> German. I think you've given out six, maybe seven burn in the history of the Four show. Four years. Um, just because I have to stick to my guns just like I did with Pacific Rim where I'm just like, I don't care about these giant monster films anymore. And I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Some people are tired of superhero movies. I'm just done with the big with monster these? things. Yep. Oh, I love big monster things. I don't know if I'll ever be done with them. That's fine. And the other trailer we had was Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. We've already talked about the a previous trailer of that, so we're going to play that again. But had some new new footage, more of uh, Grindelwald. They're, they weren't afraid to show him this time because I guess things like Johnny Depp have calmed down. Scarmander is acting as an agent of Dumbledore because Dumbledore can't act against Grindelwald or Grindelwald is the original Voldemort and there's animals and I don't know. It looks pretty. It looks pretty. I don't eh, I won't go see it. I put give it a buck because I, I did enjoy the first one. Yeah, um, I give it a buck. If I can catch it at home I will. Yeah, because it seems to be well made and I'm I'm actually looking forward to the Johnny Depp performance says Grindelwald but uh despite all this crazy stuff happening with him recently. But I once again, I'm pissed that it's not a, a movie about Dumbledore because it should be. It shouldn't be about Newt Scamander. That's just stupid. I feel like they, they like they feel like they invested so much money into this, like this movie that they can't just get rid of it. They feel like they have to use these characters. They've already invested money and time in. I know it just pissed me off. They could have made Dumbledore yeah. a central character and then had Newt and his friends as tertiary characters in the movie. They could still be there. But right. so around what does this Dumbledore. movie really have to do with Fantastic Beasts or where to find them? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Neither. <laughs> Negligent. I'm changing it to burn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm still giving it a buck because uh, I want to see it. Uh, so we're going to a quick rundown of the TV stuff that was released. Uh, so Walking Dead so season much nine. TV stuff. Holy shit. Uh, I love Walking Dead. Uh, this season looks great from the trailer. Uh, it's Rick's last season. So, so we'll see. So really the question all fans are asking is, is this the last good season? Right. <laughs> because Rick's going to be gone. So what are we going to do? Carl would have been the easy carryover, but then they just got rid of him last season. So who knows? Which who makes knows? no sense to me. They're making a time jump. You can tell. You have like the, the Daryl and Maggie show. Well, the thing is they made a time jump for the season. So why couldn't they have kept Carl and had a new actor play the older Carl? That would have made so much more sense than getting rid of a right, central right. character. And then they, we'd be more willing to follow that new Carl if Rick died or something. Because um, we'd still have an investment in his character, even though it's a different actor. So why they didn't do that, I don't understand. Um, um, okay. But yeah, that happens, yep. unfortunately. Uh, Doctor Who Series 11. 
the female doctor will debut Jodie Whittaker. Uh, this teaser does not show much of her interacting with anyone, so I can't really tell much about her yet, but it was cool to see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. They are on the search for Spock with Captain Pike as a main character, and it looks great. It's really funny. Uh, we talked about this exact premise when we were discussing this show a year before it existed. Did we? With two guests, and one of the thoughts that we had was, is it going to be the search for Spock too? Huh. After he that. disappears into the wormhole. Oh, after he disappears in the wormhole. Now, mind you, that's much further in the future. But then there's also, this has red dots in the red matter and the explosions in the movie. It's, I don't know. Oh, we were saying that it'd be what the idea for the show is going to be. We're right. Uh, that was going to be the show is them searching for Spock. And now they're searching for Spock. And now they're searching for Spock. Now, mind you, it's in the wrong place in the timeline to make sense necessarily. Right. But it could be related but somehow. It could be related. And when the, the, the red flashes are really what, what kind of set me off. Okay. This reminds me of the red matter from uh, Star Trek 2009. That's true. I'll have to rewatch it. Keep that yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it looks great. Beautiful show. Wonderful I, I, show. I like the idea of a new Captain Pike uh, that, you know, somebody that we know, somebody that you has heard referenced and seen. And I think the new films and maybe one or time, one or two times in the old show. Right. He was in the original he, pilot. He the for, original pilot. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think it's a smart way to tie it into the universe and get people invested in the care in a new character without them having to do anything. And he looks a lot like the original actor who played him in the sixties. So that's kind of neat. Um, He's a very square-headed kind of guy. And then <laughs> in the other corner, we have the new season of The Orville, which got renewed. Woohoo! Uh, and it looks like the, they got a little bit more budget. It looks like they're going to try to reach bigger. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be the funny tongue-in-cheek show we expect. I'll just see if they can carry off the bigger scale they seem to be hinting at. Right. And I kind of almost yeah. wanted to stay not too big of scale because... I like that we can have these two shows living together at the same time, Discovery and The Orville. The Orville feels like our old uh, Next Generation show, and Discovery can let Star Trek move forward into the current realm of television that's like Game of Thrones and a long arc story right. and big budget. So I hope but The Orville doesn't the, get too far. I don't know. But in the last season, a lot of their adventures were more hapless or inadvertent. Um, and this one seems to be like, nah, we're discovering a new species. Oh, we get there. There's something we don't expect. We're under attack. The stakes seem higher. Right. And I hope that continues to work with their tongue-in-cheek, lighthearted, more lighthearted attitude that's gotten them this far. It's a delicate balance. It is. Uh, then we have The Man in the High Castle, which I watch. I don't think Steven watched that show, do you? Nope. No, it's a really well-made show. Um the problem is they revealed the big mystery at the end of the last season. So I'm curious to see how they deal with it in the next season, but it's, it's, it's fantastic show. It's really well made. Um, then better call Saul. Do you watch that one? Nope. Great show. Uh, nothing happens in that show. Barely at all. Nothing moves forward. Nothing really changes, but it's still, it's like cap- Seinfeld. but it's captivating to watch every time. It's, it's so good. I don't know how it is, but it is, uh, fear of the walking dead. Uh, do you watch this show? I have watched, I think maybe season one and half season two. Do you care about spoilers? No. Well, like, I know everyone's dead, right? Uh, well, I was gonna say, play the spoiler thing first. <laughs> oh, play, play it! But uh, I have to play it because even though I'm having taking a long time to find it, because I didn't have it already queued I, I up. I still want you to play it. Though. I still have to play it. Where the fuck is it? Oh, and also Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> is that? Is that, is that a bad thing? Should I, should I have waited? Does no one know that already? Or uh, where is it? I did. Did your wife come on computer and like delete it? 
No, I think she Where did. is my spoilers thing, Jarman? I don't know where it is. All right, well, what does that do? It spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. All right, I'll get it for next all time. Right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so oh, yeah, they all die. Almost they all die. over time, they've killed off almost every main character from the original part of the show, probably because of contract disputes or people want more money or they have other projects they want to work on because it's not the highest rated show in the world. But right. the problem is we don't have any investment in these characters anymore. They put all new people, and they did a time jump as well. So now it's like in the same time period as The Walking Dead, and so. It's either going to be really good now they have a whole new cast or it's just going to suck and fade away. So and they're, they're bringing over Morgan from The Walking Dead. Yeah, he's already on there from the first part of the season. Um, oh, I didn't even know that. All right. Yep. That's when they do the time jump and everything. So I'm curious to see where it goes, but I'm not that invested anymore because I don't, all the characters are gone. Yeah. Uh, Preacher, which I watched. Do you watch that as well? No. You've talked about it, though. So good. Um, out of all the things talked about of these last four shows, watch Preacher. It's so good. Um, it'll continue to be so. CW shows all look great. Uh, even the Arrow, which I've been losing interest in, he's in jail now, which is what the Flash did last season. But now the Arrow's in jail, and so it seems interesting. Everyone's in jail. Yay! Uh, DC's Titans, which will be on they- their streaming service. Uh huh. What do you think of this? I don't know. I know that Teen Titans are a huge thing and are a giant merchandising opportunity and have made a ton of money in the cartoons and they're hoping to bring some of that over i don't know enough about them to tell this it looks like more cw to me it looks like more cw mixed with a dark dc universe like just too dark like uh one time robin says fuck superman or fuck batman so right okay geez calm down a little bit but all right robin i don't have much interest to be honest don't get your utility belt in a bunch (laughs) don't get your spandex in a bunch um yeah i don't care yep that's our review i'm gonna say that. i'm gonna say uh with, you know, like game of thrones style just burn burn them burn them all burn them all <laughs> all right does that bring us to radical recommends that does that wraps up our san diego comic-con 2018 roundup and takes us on to some radical recommends and uh oh there it is <laughs> oh you weren't ready to play it <laughs> well you're gonna play it now <laughs> find spoilers yet if you have nope. the means i highly recommend picking one up what do you recommend i do i recommend pleasant all right that went smoothly <laughs> all right so radical recommends this week i've got uh something that i've just recently kind of fallen in love with that's uh i radically recommend korean food huh. so korean food's great and that it's just a lot of very simple meats but then really what they do well is they do a lot of pickled vegetables mm-hmm and garlic steeped vegetables and spicy kimchi and spicy everything else. Uh, it's all just very simple, good, clean food. Uh, and it is the only food that I ever order where the first thing I eat is the vegetables. Nice. Every time. I highly recommend Korean food. If you love pickles, you're going to love Korean food. And it was just a coincidence because I just made a bunch of uh, Korean barbecue beef the other day. So my oh, Instapot. Yeah. Beautiful. It's so delicious. Sesame um, seed yeah, on top. I, I, I highly recommend. Highly recommend Korean food. It's something I had not been exposed to until I moved until I moved out here. Uh, a lot of just a lot of cool little sides and little things to taste and try, and uh, highly enjoyable. Do you guys just have one favorite place, or there are a lot of Korean places out there? Oh yeah, I mean, if I'm recommending one specific place um, in San Jose, Hom Korean Kitchen. Nice. H O M Korean Kitchen downtown, uh, right by uh, San Jose State, is just spectacular. 
Nice. Just spectacular. Has some of the, some of the best kimchi I've ever had in my life. They've got broccoli that is so garlicky it'll cur- curl your toes. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I often will find a, a cool burger joints. They'll have like a Korean burger and it has like the pickled vegetables on the burger and it's really good. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend. Uh, so, so what's your radical recommend? I also do not have like a pop culture one, but I have like a, a beard trimmer. Every guy out there who grows a significant amount of facial hair, uh, who doesn't just have patches that they shave off every time, not talking about anybody particular here, um, <laughs> but uh, get a beard trimmer. It's changed my life. Uh, Kate got it me for my last birthday, I believe, but it's just using it now. It's just makes it so, a huge difference. So instead of waiting for my facial hair to grow out to like a little bit of stubble and then just shaving it off again. I can now keep like a permanent stubble that's so popular right now, having like a permanent stubble and just long enough where it's soft and not like hurts anyone's skin. If you're rubbing against your girlfriend or boyfriend's skin, it won't hurt their skin. Um, but also you can as detachable, get one detachable heads because then you can use one to make beautiful lines on your face instead of having scraggles everywhere. It looks so much different. It frames your face when you actually just use it to make lines um, in your facial hair whether you have a beard or just stubble make it so it's clean and it makes a huge difference the other big part is it has a uh, ear and nose hair trimmer attachment which has been wonderful because as i gotten older my nose would itch constantly because hairs in my nose were tickling the sides of my nose and i constantly be rubbing my nose and looking really weird like my coke addict so it's made a huge difference of cutting those out plus people can see them eventually if they grow out long enough you have see your nose or ear hairs I luckily don't, don't have ear hairs yet. That's more of like an older person thing, but oh, thank God. it'll come around eventually, I'm sure. So, yeah, I recommend get a good beard trimmer with attachable heads that you can charge, uh, and it's super worth it. And it makes the, the slightest bit of difference, but makes a big difference in the end. Oh, I've got another radical recommend. Go for it. I thought about it when you said something about hygiene. So it's a it's a as-seen-on-TV thing. So this is extra shocking that I'm about to radically recommend it. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the product. It's ridiculous. It looks like a rubberized drill bit that you put in your ear and spin around. Yikes. Uh, but really what it does, it's nice and soft. It's soft rubber. It looks it's kind of like a drill bit in that it's a corkscrew. You put it in your ear and you spin it, and it literally like corkscrews the gunk out of your ear. Yikes. It is spectacular. Did it work? I get so much stuff out of my ears. Interesting. And as somebody who has issues with my ears and and has had to go to see specialists and stuff before, it is I've got to say it's spectacular. Nice. So you get a, as long as you don't as long as you don't overdo it, it's great. Does it make like a suction and then like pull everything out that way kind of thing? No, no, no. So think um think like a, a drill bit, mm-hmm. and when it drills, it pulls out the the the, the little bits it's drilling. How long is it? Spits them out. I don't know, half inch, three quarters of an inch. Interesting. So now, most, mind you, the thing it has a handle that you hold and you rotate, but the little head that actually goes in your ear is pretty small. So it's not electric, like it's like in your ear. No, no, no. Okay. You, you just rotate it, you know, five or six times, sort of thing. Interesting. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Check it out. I don't even know what it's called. It's pretty but gross. It's, as seen on TV, it's pretty <laughs> gross, but it works real good. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. We're gonna end on earwax. I think it takes folks. us to our thank you section. No, you son of a bitch. Thanks for nothing, Internet. No, we actually had a 
Daniel Hitch and um, Mike have been retweeting us and uh, stuff like that and liking our posts. So we really appreciate that. And thank you uh, guys. We're trying to we're trying to do right by you guys now that we're back in action. Right, but no no emails or anything like that this time around. But if you guys have any questions for us or want to comment on what we've talked about, that would be awesome. And we'll talk or about tell us what about. to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll take do that ideas. Too. We're coming up on our 100th episode pretty soon, so we're not sure what that's going to be yet, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we can guarantee that at least. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining us. That's been a very special review of Muppets from Space, an irredeemable pile of crap. Great movie. And San Diego Comic-Con 2018, which had some fun stuff that we are all looking forward to, I'm sure. Uh, Until next time. We will keep being your nerdy co-hosts if you guys keep being our nerdy audience. So thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. And how. I'm a consumer whore. And how. Test, test, test. One, two, three. How about some levels from Steve-O-3? Chick, check, chicken to check, check, a chick, check, chicken to This is Charlie and Steve bringing it to you live five days a week here at the AM. Every day. On 103.1, The Jam. You shocked? We're shock jocks. We're going to shock you. Shock you with dicks and fart jokes. <laughs> oh, puppy. <laughs> what the? <laughs> so just catch a load of this news story. <laughs> Local c- donut shop caught giving extra donuts away to pigs. That's right, to the police department. Oh, I said oh, it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's what it's going to sound like in that donut donut shop bathroom. Am I oh, right? Oh, you don't say it. Am I right? Oh. I'm just kidding. I love the I love the police for farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, be the worst. Did you record any of that? Yeah, it's all recorded. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Man, having the soundboard back is fun. It is fun. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I think we blew our, blew our did, load. <laughs> did we test? Did we test our levels? Did we get it? Yeah, our levels are good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>